Welcome to Business Talks, Sister Gak. Today's episode title is What is Loan Packaging Part 1? And with me today, I have Wayne Kangas, who knows a lot about this because he's done a lot of not only research, but work in this area. Thanks for being with me today. Absolutely. I've been waiting a long time for you to ask me to be on your podcast. Very, very funny. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm excited about this. So can you tell me first, what do you do? Yeah, so I I work in design and specifically strategy design. And uh, a lot of people need assistance with financial packaging and designing that to make it work for their business and to even just be able to get started. So I spend a lot of time working with people getting money together in different ways to be able to either scale or just get started. Okay. And just a clarification on my last comment, I sometimes use sarcasm. (laughs) Uh, But Wayne and I have known each other for quite some time, so we kind of get to hear a little bit about what each other's working on back and forth. Uh, so if if you were thrown off by that comment, he really hasn't been begging to be on my podcast. And I had to ask him nicely. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. So okay, um, how why why do you do what you do? Can you kind of give me an explanation? Well, so I've spent a lot of time working on a lot of various things throughout my career. Uh, I spent almost a decade in financial planning and financial services, and what I found is that I was spending a lot of time with small businesses and I was finding myself doing a lot of work in that realm Uh, and eventually I made the decision just to transition into business consulting so I could work directly with these people. Uh, It's interesting to me because I get to work with real people Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. various issues and, and various problems or or, or strategies to scale or grow or, fi- or fix their business. So I get to work on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't work just primarily on packaging. I just spent, I, lately I've been spending a lot of time working on, on the packaging side and getting people going and started. Uh, but it's, it's fun, I get to meet interesting people. And you know, fundamentally for me, these, this is one way that I can contribute to the broader economy. And it's important because we need more more people doing uh, doing these things and starting their own businesses because they're they're able they just need some support in that because it gets it gets complicated. And so are you? But what is your role specifically right now? You're a small business owner, correct? Yeah. So I actually I have my own consulting business. I'm a principal of my own consulting practice business, however you want to define it. And then I'm also part of several other startups. Uh, that we were looking at. One of them is I'm um, commercializing some new technology with a, a group of people. Um, and another one is a pet care innovations company. So part of that is consulting, but a lot of it is operation, operational innovations that uh, can streamline um, the operations of various dog cares, boarding facilities, etc. Yeah. and Among I, other things. Yeah, I... Um, if you didn't, if you're listening to this series and you're wondering, mm, how is this related to other things? I just had another guest on that talked about private equity, uh, Drew Lenderman, who actually also kind of is, um, connected with Wayne. So that's kind of how everybody's all in the same area. And this series specifically is focusing on, uh, the value of a business. And that's why I wanted to talk to Wayne because 
not only does he have a lot of experience in packaging to make a business uh, presentable for what it truly is worth for getting a loan or whatever, um, there's so much about making sure you're positioned to be valuable. And, and there's lots of steps to that, especially if you need funding. So how do you do what you do? So that's a good question. I, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's I just, the role of many people. <laughs> it's, it's really just kind of figuring it out as I go with somebody because fund, fundamentally I need to know what the business is, what the idea is. I need to know what they're go like, where are they going? What are they trying to really accomplish? Mm -hmm. And that helps design and dictate how you put all the the financing together because there's so many different ways lending from a bank lending from a, a cdfi which is a community development financial institution which utilizes different resources f through sba and uh, and other types of alternative lenders there's private equity there's raising capital through angel investors giving up equity so you have it's it's a way of the, the design can be tweaked however it needs to be depending on what it is. And it's either you're raising money equity or you're raising money with debt. Mm -hmm. Both are good in different situations. And generally what I've found is that ideally you have a balance between those things. And that's what I spend a lot of time figuring out is how do you put this together so the business can be successful, mm -hmm. one, and then how do you grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what exactly goes into packaging a business for a loan? Yeah. So generally, if, if you're working with any lender, you need to have a business plan, financial projections, personal taxes. If the business has been in operations for a while, you you need to have business taxes. Uh, and that's usually the, the starting place. But what where I found that it takes the most amount of time for people to get through that that banking financial institution debt packaging is in the business plan and financial projections. Hmm. It takes a lot of time because if you break it into three things that need to happen is is and I, I speak to a lot of people about this, but it's anticipation, preparation, execution, anticipate what it could go right, what can go wrong, and then you prepare and plan for all of those things. Mm. So I just want to back up a little bit because you said a lot of big words that I think <laughs> some people aren't familiar with. So one of the things you kind of covered a little bit was that community bank or fund, right? Yeah, so that's uh, they're referred to as CDF, CDFIs, or okay. Communi community Development Financial Institutions. And what do those do specifically? Um, like how are they structured? Who puts money into them to make them run? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so they get, they get a lot of government funding, specifically from the SBA. So small business administration. Yes. Okay. To do what? To lend to small business startups or a smaller bu small businesses, and and really why they exist is they they have the ability to actually assess risk a lot differently versus a bank. So bank is beholden to specific guidelines and rules, um, in the whole banking financial institution sector. This is that middle place. 
mm-hmm. it's that middle they exist in this middle place to fit to to either come in with um gap lending which is the difference between what you need total to get this to get a project started or a business started mm-hmm. and what what a bank could come in which would be referred to as the gap mm-hmm. it might be help, uh, down payment assistance because uh, uh, very rarely will a bank or financial institution traditional financial institution cover a hundred percent of what what is needed oh interesting yeah, yeah. so you're ge- you're generally looking at I would say conservatively you want to look between the, the, that a, a bank or financial institution is like 60 to 80. Mm-hmm. Now there's some, ver- it, it, there's a lot of variance in there, but that's generally where you're, where you're looking at. So that's where these gap lenders can come in and that's where the design part of it comes in because you can, if you can get a traditional fina- uh, financial institution, like a bank involved with what you're doing, you're still going to have to come up with these other parts and then it's figuring out how can you cash flow and can you can the, the revenue that you're generating and the profitability that you're generating handle that that servicing that debt or making the payments on that debt okay so then the other word that you said was projections and i don't necessarily know if everybody can define those well so can you tell us a little bit about what projections actually are and why they're important to this process yeah so projections are really your forecast you're forecasting what you're saying you're going to do so if your business plan says i'm going to do this this is my execution so you're going to sell 500 pot holders yeah but in a month but and but you have to that's where this this is where I really urge people to drill down is, yeah, you're going to sell 500 of these, what do you say? Pot, pot holders. Pot, <laughs> yes, pot holders, which, uh, yeah, you could, you guys sell more than 500 to, but whatever. Um, you, you want to, you want to forecast how long is it going to take you to get to, to sell 500 or whatever. 500, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're looking at your margins, like how margins being how much does it cost you mm-hmm. to to produce these things, and how much are you selling selling them for? What's what's how much money you're making per pot holder, mm-hmm. right? And then you, I'm going to sell a hundred in the first month. I'm going to sell a hundred in the second month. And I'm going to sell two hundred in the th- third month or fourth month. Mm-hmm. But why did that happen? So really, your projections are the number narration of what you're saying you're doing. Okay. So the, the the business plan and the financial projections have to tell the same story. Okay. So, yeah, and I think that that's, that's good and saying basically, here's what the numbers look like of what I will do, but then the business plan says, and this is how those numbers make sense because I'm going to be advertising in these ways and it's been proven to give me this percent return on investment yep. for my marketing dollars or whatever. Yep, so exactly. they need to connect with one another mm-hmm. in order to tell a full story. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. So from what I'm understanding about loan packaging it's not necessarily just about bringing your business plan and your financial projections to a bank and saying can you please give me some money it's saying how much of the overall business plan is going to be serviced you use the term i think or have in the past Mm -hmm. um or basically serviced is when a bank is giving you a loan right 
by debt, the loan itself, and then how what percentage of that business needs to be supported financially through maybe um, an investor who gets a piece of equity for giving money to the business or those gap lenders or whatever. So packaging in general is um, figuring out all those financial pieces to make sure you have enough to get up and running, correct? Yeah, so and and an investor can take there's a lot of different ways an investor can support and engage in uh, a startup business or existing business and it, it doesn't always have to be equity. I think it's oftentimes it's associated with the exchange of ownership in the business for a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's a lot of other ways that investors also engage with small businesses, startups, or existing businesses, or not even just small business, but it can be bigger businesses as well. There's a lot of different ways that that can look. They can also put debt together, and they can f- finance some debt for for the business if the business is really needing just looking at debt. Um, they, they can also, uh, and what's really common in small business startups is that the person starting the business doesn't have the financial wherewithal that they have a, a, a lifetime that created financial net worth mm-hmm. and value. So sometimes an investor can come in as just a financial guarantor, which makes the, the lending institution feel more comfortable. Yeah, and I'm going to just break this down a little bit more because some people, like I didn't know what a guarantor was uh, at the beginning. So basically, a in in like, let's say college terms, it would be like your parent co-signing on a loan for college. They're not actually giving you any money, but if you fall behind on your payments, they commit to backing that loan if you need support. And so in the same way, if a business owner says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do these things, but I need this much capital in order to get my equipment to do it, an investor could say, I will back your loan that you're getting because a lot of young people or just people in general do not have good credit history to be able to, or if they're starting a new business, they don't have anything to say guaranteed income off of, right? So somebody who's had a stable job for a long time or... Um, somebody who has the, like you said, net worth. So the assets in place to say, I can cover this loan if really push comes to shove in the end because the business owner isn't where they need to be to make their monthly payments, right? And, yeah. and you can get equity or ownership stake in a company for simply being that financial guarantor saying you will pay the loan if the business cannot, right? Yeah. But that is a lot of risk, too, to consider to take on if you don't know if the business owner is going to follow through on the whole business idea. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no matter what, what, who you're talking to when you're putting capital c- together, they're, they're really investing in the person that's going to lead the charge. Mm-hmm. So even, even from, a, from a financial institution banking side looking at it, they really, they really need to feel comfortable with the person that's actually executing and doing this thing mm-hmm. with without that it makes it all very very difficult so it goes back to preparation being prepared when you go in so you, they can be at ease knowing that you're going to follow through mm-hmm. on this 
Yeah. So basically, like your resume speaks for itself about if you're a trustworthy person in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Have you been consistent in your previous employment history? Um, have you been able to maintain that job or uh, what, whatever those things are? Because that's why they're looking at your personal income taxes as well, because they want to know where you stand personally on your finances and if you've been able to keep up on everything. Yeah. Because and then it, because really what you want is no, no matter what, you want to have a good relationship with a financial institution or a bank mm. for for your business. Long term, you, you need to have that in, in place because it's it really is tied to the success, success and growth of your business long term. And what happens is initially when you're starting a new relationship with a financial institution or a bank is that they're really looking at you as a liability because you haven't proven it yet. Mm. So you, once you prove it, they start to look at you as an asset, mm -hmm. something that brings value to right. them. Instead of something that brings risk, you, you, you have to make that transition to something that them viewing you as something that brings value back to their entity. And it, it is really important because when you make that transition, everything become gets a lot easier. But you have to prove it. Yeah, and let's talk about that transition because I just want to clarify. So right now, when you give someone projections, that's a risk, right? Because you haven't proven you can make this kind of money, mm -hmm. cash flow, mm -hmm. right? But then once you have your own business's financials where you've built a business and you can see consistently over the last, say, five years, you've been able to bring in this amount every year or it, sometimes it's up sometimes it's down but pretty consistent you can get a good average that's when a bank looks at you and says you're valuable to me but before you're cash flowing you're not and you're proving that you can do what you say you're going to do yeah. right yeah yeah so it so and it's it really comes back to telling them that you're going to do this and then doing that mm -hmm. so when when I'm working with people to put together their financial projections, they always have to be conservative projections. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, it. what those projections lo look like also can dictate who you're talking, like who you're talking to as well. Okay. And how you're putting, raising money. So that's a good thing that we need to talk about. So how do you identify... Um, the right people to approach and what goes into that yeah so it really it really depends on the idea or the business if it's if it's something that long term is going has the potential to grow exponentially something that's going into the market it's going into a big market a non-existing market and there's a lot of room and opportunity for expansion in that market the value it's valued differently and especially when you're if you're going to investors mm -hmm. because an investor generally generally speaking you want to show the like the long-term like big opportunity like this is what the market looks like this is how we're going to enter that market this is how big it big big we're targeting interesting St yeah not not o not being overzealous with it but being being more specific into the opportunity for growth mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think that this is a really good conversation that we're gonna have to pick up next week because this is a 
two-part podcast on the overall series of business worth that I've been doing. If you missed the other episodes in this series, you should go back and listen to them because they're so good and so helpful in regards to all the different ways that uh, people look at the worth of a business. And we're going to transition now to the gawk portion. But before we do, can you tell me how people can find you or what you're doing? Just contact Becca and then she'll get a whole, <laughs> she'll put you in contact with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely go to my website, businesstalksistergawk.com, where I have contact information. If you're interested in ever talking with Wayne, he's a pretty stealth guy for the most part. So you only know him if you know a friend who knows him, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Well, thanks for being with me and talking about this. I really do appreciate it. So let's talk about the gawk portion of this episode. We should talk about a story. This story is something that I think is pretty entertaining personally about uh, you helping out a small business owner of a very young, very young entrepreneur. So tell me all about what happened. Yeah. So I had a young man. That he, he, <laughs> this is just a good story. <laughs> he's, thir he's 13 and he was selling candy bars not for like not for a fundraiser because that, that's a that's a pretty popular mm -hmm, fundraiser right. yeah this was him running like this micro business out of his locker at school which i'm i'm like this is a great idea and he's got i'm like what are your margins and he's giving me all this feedback you know it was it was amazing and he's so he he's asking me do you want to buy this candy bar and i'm like yeah i'll buy a candy bar from you because one thing i one thing for me is if a, a young person asks me if I would want to buy something for them, I want to be supportive of them because they, they had the, the wherewithal and the bravery to ask. So I try to be very supportive of that. And he said, I'll, he, he initially said that, oh, it's been in my pocket for a while. So it's a little melty. So I'll sell it for to you for a little less. I'm like, and sarcastically I said, Oh no, it's better when it's a, a little melty. So I'll pay full price for that. So he gives it to me and he's like, oh, great. I witnessed this conversation, just side note, I witnessed this conversation and you literally said, that's the way I like them, is what you said. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Very misleading, yeah. by the way. <laughs> well, the, the, why this story is interesting because uh, he asked if, if he could come back and sell me more later on, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll even pre buy one. And I, so I bought one and he, he forgot one day when he hit, he, or he ran out that day and then he came back and, and then I had, I had to go on a work trip or I was out of town and he had come into the office and I get back and there is, a candy bar sitting on my desk and it is it is basically just a melted ball so think of a, a normal looking candy bar that's this rectangle this is like this really squished squished mass in the wrapper and it's strange bulging all over the place just sitting there and I, and I walk over, I'm like, what is this? 
and I look and I had some paper on my desk and there was like, this was sitting in the middle of a circle with a bunch of notes around it. And it was the candy bar that I had pre-bought and it was really melted. Uh, so when he came back in, I was like, what happened to that candy bar? And he says, well, you said you liked it melty. I'm like, that was fully melted at one point, And then it wasn't melted, <laughs> which means it reformed into this very dense piece of chocolate, piece of yeah. chocolate <laughs> and nougat. Cause I be- it was a milky way, I believe. So it was, it was an interesting, it was the most interesting eating experience I have ha- ever had with a candy bar because <laughs> it was basically eating this really oddly shaped glob of nougat and chocolate. I think he really, and that was the thing like I was chuckling about is that he took it to heart. Like this is the way my customer wants his candy yeah. bar. So like, I will go to the effort of making yeah. it. So needless <laughs> to say, I haven't seen him for a while. He hasn't been in bringing any candy bars, but um, I'm hoping that the next one doesn't come in quite in the same shape. I'm hoping it's a little I think, less. I think you learned a lesson. I did learn a lesson <laughs> about being sarcastic. Sarcastic, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode, you should give it a review on Spotify and join next week when Wayne's going to be talking a little bit more about uh, that loan packaging process. See you next week.